what's up guys so today it's it's the super bowl show um it's about two-thirds super bowl content today there's one thing that i want to squish in the middle of the uh the super bowl talk and you know just get into other than that for the most part you know we'll start off we'll get into the chiefs into the eagles just the matchup things you know legacy stuff things in the future for some of the teams um after that you know last year there was a big conversation about like who was this year's cooper cup which ended up being justin jefferson um we'll dive into kind of who i think could be this year's justin jefferson i guess if we're playing that game um spoiler alert it's not justin jefferson so we'll get into that a little bit um i made a list of instead of doing like gambling stuff made a list of artists that i want to see do a halftime show um people that haven't done it before not necessarily like my favorite artists um i have terrible taste in music so but you know just people i think would put on a good show and then at the end i'll do my final prediction a couple other things and then you know so stay for the whole thing but if you're if the only reason you're listening is to hear my prediction about the super bowl um i don't know what to tell you <laughs> that's where it is um but yeah so we're on tiktok now uh collar shop podcast post clips from the show so it's it's basically the same stuff you hear on the show but if you want to see my face while i'm talking about it that's wonderful and i appreciate it so give us a follow there like there um you know follow on spotify right now we're on spotify um five stars if you love it four stars if you don't and uh let's get into the show Let's get into the big game, uh, Super Bowl, the last football game, real football game that we're going to have until September. It's always really sad. I always get excited. And then like about five minutes after the game, I just get really depressed. I'm like, wow, I'm just going to be doing mock drafts for the next six months. But um, so we'll start with the Chiefs. Um, you can talk really about anything you want on this team. You can talk about Kelsey. You can talk about you know all these other guys. The real person – we're going to talk about today's Mahomes. Um, you look at the legacy thing. It's very early. He's like 27 years old, but you know, you already start to, this happened to LeBron. This happens to all the all time great guys. This conversation happens very early. So you look at how he kind of stacks up already with the all time greats. You look at Elway. He has two Super Bowls. They're both pretty late in his career. He went to five, but has the two Super Bowls, has the one MVP. I was looking into it. The season he won MVP he was second team all pro. I don't know how that works. It was 1987. I don't know if something got mixed up. It's not all electronic or something like that, but I feel like that should just be impossible. It's like um, <laughs> it's like Marcus Gasol winning defensive player of the year on uh, second team all defense. Um, yeah, LeBron got robbed that year. Um, but then you get other guys you look at, like Peyton Manning, two Super Bowls, went to four. He has five MVPs. Aaron Rodgers, he has the one Super Bowl. He went to f- one. He also has four MVPs. You know, if Mahomes wins on Sunday, that would put him at two Super Bowls and three trips in five years as a starter. He's made, he's hosted the AFC Championship game 
every single year he's been a starter. And then I'm, I'm filming this during the NFL honors. I assume he's winning MVP tonight. I've seen all the other ones. I saw Jefferson won offensive player of the year. Um, Sauce and Garrett Wilson won. Um, but yeah, so in all likelihood at the time of recording this, I'm 99.9% sure he's has two MVPs. Um, you know, so that resume in five years, that's borderline hall of fame worthy already. Like, I think, I think if he retired winning the Super Bowl on Sunday afterwards, just said, I'm done. I think it might take a year to three years, but I think he gets in. Um, you look at it's again, we're doing this prematurely. You look at Brady in his first four years, he won three. Now you could say those were probably more Belichick's than Brady's, but at the same time, he was in there. He was driving them down the field to win those games. I think everybody's playing off the fact that like, they're just downplaying the fact that nobody's going to get to seven. That was a big topic. Like, the last week when he retired is no, nobody's really going to get seven. I don't, I don't think we can rule that out. Like I was very skeptical after the first, everybody was saying, Oh yeah, he's going to get to six. Like he's going to Mahomes will catch Brady. I was a little skeptical. He's got one and let's calm down. That was three years ago. I think there's three reasons why I think that Patrick Mahomes could possibly catch Brady. The first one's Andy Reed until Andy Reed retires. The Chiefs have the best quarterback and the best offensive player caller in the NFL. That's not debatable. It's just a fact. I've watched them introduce the underhand shovel pass to Kelsey on the goal line against the Ravens. The uh, Andy Reid's just a dark wizard. He's one, He is the, I don't want to call him the bell check of offense, but he is a dominant offensive play caller. And when you put him with Patrick Mahomes, that team is going to compete every single year. You, he's 64, so you probably have six to eight more years with those two. I, I You can't really come up with a reason. If you have those two guys, you're going to be in the playoffs every year. I mean, they've, host, they've hosted the AFC Championship, like I said, every single year since Mahomes has started. You get a one seed, you get a bye every single time. Andy Reid's one of the best coaches off a of bye in NFL history. So that's just you already have an advantage just because of the coach. And then the second reason they've drafted very well in light of, you know, since they got Mahomes, they've done a very good job drafting, especially on the defensive side of the ball. A lot of young corners, a lot of linebackers. They got Carl Loftus, the edge rusher. It's McDuffie. It's Watson. They have drafted well. They've also been done a good job. They trade Tyreek Hill. What do they do? They immediately replace him with guys like Juju and MVS. Not, Obviously not on his level, but they can fill the holes and it gives them a little more versatility on offense instead of just being, oh, F it, Tyreek's down there somewhere. It's a better, more, I'm trying to find it. It's just an easier way to move the ball. You're not relying on those deep balls. Kind of like how you see with the Bills. A lot of times Josh Allen's just throwing it 40 yards downfield every play. They don't have to do that. You know, you get a guy like Pacheco in the seventh round, which, I mean, good God, how does he fall to the seventh round you're pivoting off of you know we missed on Clyde Edwards Lair that's fine we'll just go get Pacheco it's stuff like that where they've been able to use Mahomes and just be like okay this is the p the big piece now let's get some complimentary stuff around him and go win some football games it's kind of it reminds this is like my third LeBron reference in I think five minutes but it's like 
it's like the second stint of that Cleveland run for LeBron, the 2015 to 2018 era, where it's like you have LeBron, you have Kyrie, which I guess you'd say is Kelsey in this point, but you know, I'd rather have Kelsey than Kyrie on my team. And then after that, it's a lot of wing defenders, it's a lot of shooters. It's guys like this for the Mahomes. It's your Juju's, it's your MVS's. It's young defensive players that can do that on the other side of the ball. Just be able to kind of just produce for a low price because you're paying him a lot of money. And then the last thing I think that we have to take into account when we look at going forward for the Chiefs in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes has yet to play well or not well, but excellent in a Super Bowl. If you look at the two Super Bowls he's been in, he's 52 of 91, which is a 57% completion percentage. He's below 60% completion percentage. Two touchdowns, four picks. Yeah, the Niners and Bucks defenses were great. They were very great defenses. The year that he played the Bucks, his offensive line was in shambles. I understand that. They were playing third stringers. But that's the point. He hasn't played his best football in a Super Bowl, and he has one win and another game where it's widely regarded as the best 22-point loss you'll ever see in a Super Bowl. Like, he's making the diving throws. He's running for his life, doing all this different stuff. It's like, we're not even going to see his best this year, probably. He's playing on one ankle. Like, you know, he played on it in Cincy, or when he played Cincy, he was great, but it's not 100%. We're not going to see 100% Patrick Mahomes. I doubt that he's going to be 100% even with the extra week rest. But, you know, if he does get to that point and he is the 100% or even like a 95% Patrick Mahomes, I think Philly could be in trouble. And I think going forward, it's like those three things. If they're going to draft well, if they're going to put pieces around him, if they have Andy Reid, and if he's going to play his best football in these big games, unlike he has already, What's stopping them from rallying off? Because people forget Brady had a 10-year gap where he just didn't win any. He made two, and he lost both to the Giants in 07 and 2011. He went 10 years without winning one. Who Right now, like they're making the AFC Championship game every year. After that, it's a, they have to go on a two-game win streak. That's that's basically all they have to do. So, I don't know. I think downplaying the possibility of it. I don't necessarily think he will. I think he probably ends up around five, but I think that just saying, oh yeah, he'll never get to seven. I think that's a little naive. And then speaking of Philadelphia, I think there's two main things, my big thoughts for them coming into this game. I think no matter what, you have to give Howie Roseman his flowers. He's, he's the best GM in football. Like, you look at it, even win or lose this game, the Jalen Hurts pick in the second round, I think it was 40-41 overall, it's probably going to end up being one of the best picks of the decade because they, they were six months early. Everybody says, like, oh, they, they pivot off once just at the right time. They were six months early because you can say it's like, oh, well, he played bad. It's like they saw something where they felt the need to take a quarterback in the second round. They weren't taking him to be a – Everybody was saying, like, oh, they could use him in a Taysom Hill type role. That, that's not why. You don't draft Taysom Hill in the second round. You draft somebody that you think could possibly have to play quarterback for you and somebody you think should play quarterback for you in the future. So 
it's the Hertz thing. It's speaking of Hertz. There was a story today that Nick Saban uh, told him not to come to Maryland. Um, that's just depressing. It's heartbreaking. He almost certainly is not an MVP candidate if he goes to the University of Maryland and plays for Mike Loxley. But selfishly, I would have liked to have seen that. I feel like it would have been pretty cool. And just back to Howie Roseman, loaded roster, both offensive line, defensive line, top of the league. And then they just, two straight years, they've nailed a first-round receiver. You, Devontae Smith, and then this year they traded for A.J. Brown. So say what you want, he is the best GM in the NFL. This team's going to be set up for success for the next five years. And then the second thing I want to talk about with the Eagles kind of a big question it's not Jalen Hurts' contract or who they're going to take at number 10 overall another Howie Roseman you know give him his flowers he got a top 10 pick somehow this year as and they're in the Super Bowl um my question is is Nick should Nick Sirianni be the head coach next year it that sounds insane it's an insane statement to make but just hear, hear me out last year for his first season, the Eagles start two and five. They were, there were people pressuring him. Should he give up play calling duties? Should he do this, do that? They were scoring 22 points a game the first seven weeks when they were two and five. After that, they go seven and three. They're up to 26 and a half points per game. I'm not sure when he gave up play calling duties, but it is widely known that he did do that in the middle of the season. The first game that, um, on the seven and three streak, they ran for like 200 something yards. So it was, it was different from, that was the first time they had done that all season. I think when you look at Steichen and what he's done, especially this year, he's one of the best OCs in the league. He's getting head coaching interviews. Like he's go, I would bet money that he is on all likelihood going to be a head coach next year. Now, when you're in an offensive league, and you have an MVP candidate quarterback who took a massive step with this guy calling plays, I think you have to consider all possibilities. I think if you're the Eagles and you believe that Shane Steichen has done more for Hertz's development than Nick Sirianni, no matter what happens in this game, you have to make the, just make the decision that is best for your team long-term. If that means moving on from Sirianni after winning a Super Bowl and telling him to pack his bag. I mean, honestly, you could just tell him to stay in Arizona and hop in game chat with Kyler. But, I mean, it just sounds nuts. Like, they could win the Super Bowl this weekend. I think there's a chance that he would not be the best option for them moving forward. Now, granted, I'm not having these – I'm not in these interviews. I don't know. But, you know, that's why I'm in my parents' basement talking about football into a mic and not, you know, running the Eagles. So, I'm just saying – that's a conversation that they're going to have to have. You can, you know, Sirianni can stare down the camera and yell at the refs and all this different stuff. Like talk about the defense. The reason this team has gotten better is because Hertz became an MVP quarterback. If they have the Hertz from last year, they're not in the Super Bowl. You put Minshew in on this team this year, they're probably not in the Super Bowl. If you're the owner of the Eagles, if you're Jeffrey Lurie. I'm having a serious like mafia style sit down, closed doors, like all the windows down, dark room discussion with Jalen Hurts. And I'm asking him, who 
is responsible? Who would you say is most responsible for your success outside of yourself? He's a very hardworking guy. That's why I wanted him in Maryland. Um, Because if you're Philly and you don't pick, if you pick the right guy, if, you know, you stick with Sirianni, maybe he is the most responsible for this development, then you're going to run the NFC for the next five years. Like there's no reason that they can't be on top of the NFC in the one seed getting to multiple Super Bowls in the next half decade. But if you let Steichen walk and he's the reason why Hertz has been the dominant player that he has been this year, you're going to be kicking yourself for the same period of time, probably longer. All right, so we'll take a break from the Super Bowl stuff for a second. Um, talk about some fantasy wide receiver. We haven't had a repeat number one fantasy wide receiver since like Antonio Brown in like the 2016-2017 range. Um, last season, there was this big like kind of wave of people. It's like I would always see it on TikTok. It was everybody would just ask, who is this year's Cooper Cup? And my answer, I always thought that question was really stupid. I was like, well, then why isn't this year's Cooper Cup just Cooper Cup? Like, does it have to be somebody else? Like, nothing changed. There was, you know, the situation was the exact same. I think, you know, there was a lot of people that were, it was Cup versus Jefferson was basically what ended up being this debate. So you look at it, I think both sides, you can say you're right. Cup led the league in points per game. He got hurt. The offense was already kind of in the tank, but you look at it afterwards, I mean, it's just like, there wasn't even a tank. They threw the tank out the window. Um, then you look at Jefferson. He was the wide receiver one. He led the league in points. But, you know, it wasn't the same kind of gap that Cup had in 2021. Um, so then you you go out and you look at places, you know, different rankings for this year. And a lot of people have Jefferson number one. And it makes sense. There's no reason to believe his situation is going to change. But nothing's, you know, Cousins probably isn't leaving O'Connell's same system, not much variability going into the Vikings next year. Um, I want to be the first person to ask the question, who's going to be this year's Justin Jefferson? I don't think it is Justin Jefferson. I'm straying away from my thought process from last year. My pick is Jamar Chase. You look at Chase last year, he was sixth in points per game, 11th in total points. He had 92 touches. Um, and that was all in 13 games. So he missed, he missed the four games because of the hip injury. I think a lot of the concern I have for Jefferson, it sounds stupid, is just based off that last game. It was 2.5 points in the fantasy championship. Now, I understand it's one game. You know, he could have had one of his 30-point games in the championship. You know, it's just random, right? Not really. I think that, you know, it's not the only time he had duds that year. He had four games under 10 points. It's not all his fault. You know, like a lot of it's on Cousins just because, you know, it seems like there's like three times a year with the Vikings where you just look up and they have single digit points. They're getting blown up and giving up 40 to somebody. They're just getting absolutely ransacked. So I think when you look at that and you look at an offense like that, where there's just always potential for that to happen. That's why I'm a little more comfortable with Jamar chase. I chase didn't have a single game under 10 points last year. I know it was only 13 games, but didn't have a single game under 10 points. 
the only other person to do that was Cooper Cup. You know, the guy that I thought should have been the Cooper Cup last year. It's like you, when you have an offense like the Bengals, where you have an elite quarterback in Joe Burrow, you have Chase, you have other weapons on the team, you have a good play caller. Those teams don't have those getting ransacked weeks. They don't have those duds. It just takes away the potential of a guy having a losing week for you at that position. And, you know, it's not like Chase is just this safe pick. Like, oh, yeah, it's like we're not trying to hit home runs. We're trying to hit doubles. Chase has scored 50 points before. Like, he's – we saw it. I think it was the fantasy championship two years ago. He scored like 55 points. So, you know, I – as we're recording this, we actually – I checked my phone. Mahomes did win MVP. Um, But Jefferson did win Offensive Player of the Year. It's like you you can talk about like you know they Chase and Jefferson went to the same college. Everybody always talks about that. Like, oh, who's better? Who's better? Those guys hear that stuff. So when you look at those two, Chase winning offensive player of the, or Jefferson winning offensive offensive player of the year this year, you don't think Jamar Chase sees them like, oh well, he's got one now. I have to go get one. It's like in a little off the field aspect. I know there's not much stats to back that part up, but you know, you look at this Chase Jefferson kind of head-to-head stuff, those guys think about that. So when you see a guy like Jamar Chase, he's going he he's competitive. He's going to want to get on that level and be, you know, able to be like, oh yeah, well, you have that, well, so do I. It's kind of like a back and forth thing. I think, you know, you could say that having Higgins might be a deterrent for why you would want Jamar Chase as the number one guy. I think I honestly think it's better. Again, you look at the Vikings, you look at like the Bills too. When you have only one guy, one option to go to, that's when I think these offenses kind of start to struggle because, you know, we saw it with the Bills. They weren't able to move the ball in the divisional round against the Bengals. You know, we saw it with the Vikings. They got beat by the Giants who had Isaiah Hodgins as their best receiver. So, I don't know. I think overall nature of fantasy football, it's kind of like Super Bowls, like trying to win a Super Bowl. We tied it in. Good job, guys. Um, it's very hard to repeat. Like, same thing with the running back position. We haven't had a repeat RB1 in, like, a decade. So, if you're going to ask me right now who's the Justin Jefferson of next season, I'm going to pick the guy who is arguably on the same talent level in a better offense with a better quarterback. So, my... Justin Jefferson for 2023 is Jamal. We're going to have some fun now. Um, we're going to do artists I want to see do a halftime show. Um, these aren't my favorite artists. I, I, there's there's a band or group called Kruengbin. They do a lot of like instrumental, like kind of like soft rock. I found them during finals week uh, in like December. And it's just like the best uh it's like the best stuff to put on when you're like studying it's very relaxing very calm don't think they would do well they're probably one of my favorites don't think they'd do well in a super bowl halftime show so these are just people that i think could put on a good show i think a lot of people would like um you know i would just like to see as well i tried to get this to five but ended up being two people tied at five and then after that we'll go four three two one so we'll start at five. I had 
Dua Lipa and Lil Nas tied. I think right now they both have big songs, like big hits, like Dua Lipa has like Levitating, Lil Nas has Old Town Road, Industry Baby, all that stuff. I just think that right now they're not quite popular enough. I think they would both put on very good shows. I think Lil Nas especially. I think a lot of his songs would play well in like a stadium event like that. Like imagine him doing Old Town Road and uh, bring uh, Billy Ray Cyrus out. Like that would be pretty sweet. So I think give him a couple of years to put out more albums. I think that, you know, you get like one or two more hits, something that you can play. I think that's when you would be able to do that. So not in the next like two years, but maybe like five years down the road. I think that could be a possibility. Um, so now we'll do number four. Um, I had Justin Bieber. I think we're out of the range with him where he has enough songs that weren't like the baby era, like the kind of like the teeny bop kind of stuff. I think he's got enough like more mature songs. And I think that, you know, there there was a point where a lot of people just didn't like him. He was like, I think it was like the the headshot is a uh, mugshot from prison where everybody was making fun of him and stuff like that. I think he's kind of grown up. I think he's more mature. I think he'd be able to go out and put on a good show. He would have some pretty cool features. Um, they could do stay with the kid. Leroy. I really like that song. Um, so yeah. And also I saw a clip of him. It was like peak COVID time. It was like him performing a concert for people in like a hotel. I don't know if anybody else saw that. I would look that up. It's pretty, pretty sweet video. So, you know, I just think he would be able to go, put on a good performance. Um, number three, I have Taylor Swift. I think this would be the most polarizing one for the general public. I think, you know, men probably wouldn't like, I don't know. I think that she would put on a good show though. I'm actually going to see her over the summer, um, going to Pittsburgh. So I'll have to decide which Ravens Jersey I'm going to wear into, I think it was what, what's it called? Acrisure field now. So have to decide on that. I think she's got a good mix of stuff. She's got a very like deck like pretty long history of doing stuff, different genres. Does a lot of, she can do slow stuff, she can do country stuff, she can do the pop stuff. I think that that would be good. Um I feel like she would have done one by now. She had to do all the re-recording stuff with the Scooter Braun owning all her stuff and she has to get the rights to her song backs. So I think once she gets all that stuff together, I think she would be a good uh good candidate i'll probably change we'll see she might slide up or down this list you know after i see her gotta do some real scouting on that one um number two i have drake um he's got he's another guy so many albums i think you could honestly just take one song from every album and you could put it in a show and it would be just kind of incredible lots of great features like you do like travis scott you quavo if it wasn't for Kanye being Kanye, uh, if they could have done forever, they could, he could still do it, but it wouldn't be the same. They could do forever as a Super Bowl halftime show. That would probably, that would be an all timer. Um, but yeah, I think he's, he would be a good one. And then my number one is Post Malone. I really like his music. He hasn't put out a lot of stuff the past couple years. Um, but I think he would put on the best show. I think, there's also the video of him doing the uh, what what's the fishing song by Brad Paisley? It's the one song like that. He does it like country style. He he's able to switch genres really easily. Is what I'm trying to say. So I think that would be pretty cool. Seems like he's a really good performer. I don't know. He looks really skinny. I don't know what's going on with that right now. 
but he's also a big football fan. I think he would take it very seriously um, just because I think he know understands like the gravity of it and stuff like that. I think he would have some good features as well. I think there's two things I think the Super Bowl halftime show always needs. It's always you should have like a good feature now. I think that really started kind of with, I guess, I don't see. I wasn't around, but the first like big features I remember were it was Coldplay and they brought on Beyonce and Bruno Mars. And then since then, like everybody kind of brings somebody else. Um, again, I wasn't around. My first memory of a halftime show was Beyonce in 2012. So that's the as far back as I go. Um, I think if you have good features and then I think everybody tries to go slow at some point during it. Like I know. I know Lady Gaga went slow during hers. Like she like like. Is very upbeat and then she paused it for like a slower song. I think that's fine, but you got to keep it to like a minimum. Just kind of keep it moving. Yeah, I don't know. What do I know? I'm not a musician, but that's that was my list. So I had Dua Lipa and Lil Nas tied at five, Justin Bieber, Taylor Swift, Drake, and Post Malone for my future Super Bowl halftime show list. All right, that's the show. Uh, final prediction for the game. I think Chiefs win by five. I think it's one of those, like Hertz is driving. They can't. They need more than a field goal. They need a touchdown to win it. Um, I don't. I'm not gonna give an exact score. I don't know. I, I don't really care. I, if low scoring, high scoring. I'll, I'll. I'm gonna watch no matter what. So, I think coin toss is tails. Um, I think the Gatorade is going to be orange. I think you can't go green or red. I think that like people start saying script stuff if you use the colors of the team. Um, and then I think Rihanna starts the halftime show with this is what you came for. It's just like the, cause she goes like, baby, this is what you came for. Like, I, I think that's a good start to the show. Maybe not a breast song. I think, I think I've seen a lot of people do diamonds. I, I think this is what you came for is a good, like kind of start, you know, to the show and then you can kind of blend it in with something else. So, um, so that's it. Uh, we won't, we will have a show after the game. Wednesday, we probably won't have one, but then Friday, we'll have a big one. So uh, thanks, guys. Follow on Spotify. Follow on TikTok now. Um, and if you're on Spotify, five stars if you love it, four stars if you don't. And uh, thanks. Get home safe. <laughs>